Hey everybody, this is Rob from DC Primetime and the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, and I'm here to tell you about a couple friends of ours, and that's the fine folks over at BoardGameBento.com. Now, if you're not familiar with who they are, they offer a great loot box experience for you monthly, and what they do is each month, Board Game Bento comes with a theme surprise selection of tabletop games and accessories. The best part, each box comes with at least $80 worth of games, and it's mailed right to your door. Take advantage of a special offer that we're putting on right now from the fine folks at Next Level and Board Game Bento by using the offer code NEXTLEVEL, all one word, at checkout over at BoardGameBento.com. There's never been a better time to start building your board game collection. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 70 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, I wasn't sure what the name of my show was for a second. <laughs> uh, I am Rob Martin, and I'm, we're also found on Next Level. Yes. So, uh, so um, yeah, we're, we're going to keep this one relatively short. We say that a lot, um, but uh, I think this is actually a case where it's going to happen. Uh, this week, we, uh, as we mentioned last week, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the newest Warner Brothers animated film uh, to hit uh, video on demand. And I don't know if it's come out on Blu-ray or DVD yet or not. I think it's another couple weeks still okay. beforehand. So, uh, but Batman and Harley Quinn is the latest addition in the animated film. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about that as Rob and I have both had the chance to watch that. And we're going to switch things up a little bit. Uh, usually we talked last week. We were going to talk invasion. Uh, we were going to revisit that as we have been revisiting all of our past annuals. But as Rob talked to, uh, brought to my attention beforehand, before, as we were prepping for this episode, uh, for this issue, uh, we've talked Invasion to death. Uh, we talked about it when the episodes aired, and we've talked about it. It's been brought up since then a number of times, as well as during the annuals it has been brought up. Uh, so we're going to bypass that. We're not actually going to talk Invasion this week. Instead... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to change formats for a short discussion. Uh, for those of you that do not know, uh, this past week, HBO accidentally, and I say accidentally with quotations, uh, although I do believe it wasn't a, a legit accident on HBO's part, they have leaked the latest edition, uh, the latest episode, most recent episode, which at the time we are recording has not aired yet, but Rob and I have already watched almost a week ago. It feels I've watched it, it four times. Have you really? I've only watched it once, but I will probably be watching it again before it airs this evening. Uh, but that would be episode 
six of Game of Thrones. Uh, Rob and I are huge fans of Game of Thrones, as we know some of our listeners are as well. Uh, and one of our listeners, our, 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 our listener Paul, uh, has actually jokingly suggested, uh, you know, changing formats. And Rob, I think you went right along with it and you were like, maybe we should change formats this week. And I said, all right, I'm, I'm fine with it. And there was a little like hesitation. I think both between our messages, like, are we serious? Yeah. I'm like, yep, we're totally serious. All right. Let's do it. So, uh, episode four was leaked, uh, by a hacker and I held off. You know, I, I did too on that one. We'll, we'll save this. We'll save this part of the conversation for a little bit later on. But we're going to talk Batman Harley. We're going to talk uh, the most recent episode of Game of Thrones, which by the time you hear this will have aired. So we're not giving away anything about the episode before it airs for those of you who did not watch the leaked episode. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing over the next couple weeks as well, at least next week, if not the week after. Yeah. Um, plus, I have a couple things that have since come to my attention about Heroes and Villains New York, New Jersey in less than a month that I would like to share, even with you, Rob. I haven't even told you these yet. Awesome. Um, I've been talking with them over the past couple days, and it's kind of been revealed as to which panels I may be moderating. And oh, that's awesome. I am really excited, actually, to hear this. And I'm, I'm very excited to reveal one of them. So... Um, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end. Uh, and we'll bring you the news. We'll give you our recommendations and such too. Uh, but let's jump right into things and let's talk, uh, the latest edition of the Warner Brothers animated films, Batman and Harley. Um, came out video on demand this past Tuesday. And as Rob, I think you mentioned, it's still another week or two before it's going to hit, uh, mm, Blu-ray. It's pretty common. DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty common that it's a couple weeks beforehand it, it hits on demand. Uh, you and I have both had the chance to watch it. I actually watched it yesterday because uh, I like to keep it fresh in my mind. So I, I usually wait till closer to our time of recording. Um, and I, I I actually went through it twice, and uh, good reasons. I don't get into that before we do our scoring. Y- you so. did, and and we're gonna give it a ranking, and I think we should start off with that, and we'll do our. 1 through 10 ranking, which also equates to a sidekick hero legend. 1 through 3 being sidekick, 4 through 7 being hero, and 8 through 10 being legend. Rob, um, you've since changed after your first viewing your ranking. So what is your current ranking? Okay, so my original watching, I watched it very, very late at night when I couldn't sleep one night. And if I went off of that ranking, and I was, you know, wide awake, it was sitting up watching it, you know, just and just trying to take it all in. My original review was like a three, um, and which is not very favorable. That's you know actually probably one of the lowest scores we've ever given a DC animated film. But I was kind of curious. And there was something about that that I still really loved. That I was like, you know what? I want to watch it with my wife and watch her reaction to it and watch it again in a different perspective after I thought about it for a few days. I'm giving this a seven, um, and. There's good reasons for that, but we'll get into that when we go go into this in full. So it does get a hero. It gets a high hero for me, uh, which is kind of a big, huge jump. That's a four-point jump from my initial. But the second viewing made me think of it in a very different light. So, um, Okay. It, you started off on the lower end. Uh, that is where I started, and that's where I still am, to be honest with okay. you. Um, I'm going a four on this one. Oh, okay. I wa- uh, it's getting a hero because uh, there were elements of it that I, I did kind of like. Um, but I wasn't crazy about this movie at all. I actually grew kind of bored with it towards the end. Um, so I'm, I'm giving it a hero only because of there, again, there are the few elements that I like, but for the most part, I was not happy. Um, so it, it's getting a four for me. 
understandable. And I, I, I can see all the reasons why this has got so many low scores. Um, and we can just get into it at this point and why. So upon the original viewing, and I'm sure this is one of the things that you probably found was a big problem. And, uh, actually, Paul, who was originally talking to us about the whole Game of Thrones thing, too, we know he really didn't enjoy this as well. And uh, there was a little bit quick back and forth. And we're like, you know what? There's some things that work in this, and they work really damn well. And the stuff that doesn't work really, really doesn't work. Um, and I still agree with that. But I've given, I've given it some serious leniency on a few things. Like, I was thinking going into this maybe a six, but I thought about that second viewing and actually after a second watch, laughing out loud at quite a few scenes, um, which is fairly rare for me. And uh, and that's even after a second viewing, I'm like, okay, well, they probably definitely did some serious good things here. And I would say right off the bat, one of the best things that they do, man, I miss that Bruce Tim look for these characters. They looked phenomenal i like the the look of it the animation of it i think was fine it really felt like a lost episode of the animated series and there are some things obviously some people are definitely going to disagree with about that but it felt like a lost episode of the animated series and it was something i was really really happy about uh yeah the animation wise uh is one of the things that actually i was kind of pleased with i do feel that there are certain moments in it where uh, like, I, I was very pleased with the animation for the most part throughout, but there were a couple elements throughout um, that I felt almost even the animation was lacking slightly. Um, but uh, the animation for me was really one of the only things about this that I actually did enjoy. Uh, there were times I could tell that they were... They were going for that laugh out loud that might have gotten you upon second viewing. But upon first view, maybe that's what it takes. Maybe that's what I need is to watch it again. But there were certain elements of those moments where they were trying to get that laugh that I just was not laughing. It felt too forced to me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Absolutely. Um, and and there was one moment in particular, and I don't – maybe it's something that stands out for you as well, but – um one moment in particular that I can think of off the top of my head that I, I could tell was kind of really forced and really kind of I, – I do take that back. There was one moment that did kind of make me chuckle out loud, and it was when Booster uh, was on the phone in the Batmobile. That was that, probably the absolute best moment of all this. And I love the fact that he even brought in brought up Bloodwing, which if you remember, you know, as Ben does and I do very well. Uh, Bloodwing being the alternate version of Martian Manhunter from the death of Superman. Yes. Um, I mean, like all those little things, like that just had me cracking up. This Nightwing miming, who's like, oh my God, talks too much. No, no. And just all those moments. Yeah. Uh, that, that, per- <laughs> that particular moment, I did chuckle at a little bit and the reactions from Nightwing and, and such. I'm like, you know, when he's making the, his hand movements, like, no, no. And, you know, like jerk off or like loser and stuff like that. Like that did make me chuckle. But, also, at the same time, the fart scene in the Batmobile really, like, it annoyed me more than I found it funny. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it, it felt very forced, and I was like, okay, have we really lowered Batman to fart humor? Yeah, but you know what, though? The, the first time I saw it, I'm like, it was a massive turnoff. The second time I watched it, though, this. Conroy's delivery of his line after Harley, you know, rips one in, in the Batmobile was smells like it's discipline. Not, it's it's not that bad. It uh, smells like and there's that long pregnant pause discipline. The second time I actually chuckled and you know what this this feels like the embodiment of a Warner Brothers DC animated film that 
was written by Will Ferrell and crew. Because every Will Ferrell movie I've ever seen in my life, I've hated upon first viewing. And usually around the second or third time that I'm either forced to watch it or watch it out of boredom, I end up laughing and enjoying it. And I don't know why that works, but it worked here, too. And I I really hate to admit that. But, you know, the fart joke was probably the, my, the one thing that irritated me the most. But, yeah, I mean, this was, like I said, a Will Ferrell embodiment of a DC animated film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's again, uh, you know, again, this is just one of my main issues. There were really two main issues with, like, I felt like it was almost, I, I felt like we've, we, we kind of, the whole movie as a whole kind of dumbed down Batman and made it more childish than, than anything else. Uh, and I realize there are elements of car, of Harley's character that are like that too. But one of the other things that really kind of annoyed me throughout, um, and maybe I deserve to have my man card taken away for saying this too, is the over-sexualization of Harley. Um, I understand she's a very sexual in nature character, especially when you look at movies like Suicide Squad and stuff like that. Um, but she, but Harley also in her own right is a, is a, a, a badass. And I really didn't get that out of Harley. Like I only got one side of that and the whole like having sex with, with Nightwing and, and everything else. Like, it felt like that's all it was, is like Harley was reduced to tits and ass in this film. Uh, maybe I'm the only one that sees that between the two of us. Okay, I, I will say this. First viewing, absolutely agreed on, with that 100%. Um, let me tell you a good reason why my, my viewpoints on this one changed as much as they did. Um, if we all go back a little bit, like, and kind of have to rewind your brain a little bit, and depending on how old you are, there's maybe a certain level of nostalgia that kind of connects with this, but uh, Batman the Animated Series came out shortly after, I want to say, if memory serves correctly, right after, what was it, uh, Batman Returns, I believe, came out uh, in theaters. So we're talking right around that time. So a lot of us, this was like this definitive animated series. It had this noir vibe that was very timeless. The humor that we got here was kind of like the show... In a way, some of the themes growing up with the audience that originally watched it, where it's kind of like, you know, it, it, it's a character that you don't like seeing in those those moments. Like we all talk about Killing Joke very heavily, where the actual rendition of the Killing Joke was phenomenal. It was the craptastic story that took place before it. That was the Barbara and Bruce, you know, sexual relationship, which really hurt that film. It actually didn't hurt, I think, this film at all, um, because if you think about it, Harley was always kind of the reason that she became such a popular character well back in the day was you know, nerds fell in love with her. Geeks de- geeks really embraced her. She became this like really sexy embodiment uh, uh, in the Batman universe that people really connected to for a long time and has become this kind of sexual symbol in their comics. Not to say that that's a sometimes positive at all, but the fact that they kind of pushed into it doesn't feel any different than if you've read the Amanda Connor or Palmiotti um, Harley Quinn book that's been on the stands for quite some time. That book does the exact same things, and it felt like what they were doing in this film was taking a little bit of the Palmiotti Connor book that's out there on the market and has been doing exceptionally well, and taking a lot of the elements and feel and style of that and mixing it and blending it with the animated series and kind of giving us this, hey, if you like this version of this character, if you like this suicide version of this character and the animated series version, we're going to take a little bit of each one and appease each one of those members of the audience. Now, if you're a purist and love the animated series and that's the only version of this character you enjoy, absolutely understand there could be a high chance of really not liking this film. But from 
being fairly, you know, enjoying a good chunk of the other things that they've done with her character over the years. Um, I, I actually thought there was a lot to like about it. The sexual nature of some of that sequence with Nightwing, it was, yes, very forced and overplayed. But the, the payoff of it at the end of having Bruce walk in and seeing that of, you know, the tickle fight that's happening, which was, I kind of love the fact that he, you just hear the laughing and it's just like, oh, dear God. It's going to be a really over-the-top sequence that they're going to come in, and I'm like, nope, it's just a gag. And that actually kind of worked, but I love Nightwing's response. It's like, what, it's not like you've never slept with a supervillain before. And that was kind of like, hey, you know what, we are absolutely aware that people are going to be pissed off about this potentially, but they immediately make a joke about it, and that was one of the things that turned me around on that idea. So, Okay, um, I can see that, and Mm -hmm. I just... You know, again, it was just one of those things that just when watching, I just was not crazy about. Absolutely. Uh, I totally get you on that one. First viewing, I hated this film. The second one, again, it made me think about it a little bit more in depth than I thought I should have to think about a Harley Quinn and Batman film. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I felt it, like I had to be way too analytical about a film that you shouldn't have to be analytical about. Yeah, I mean, and maybe, like I said, maybe it's just something that I need is that I have to, I have to watch this film a second time because there were just, maybe that's what it will take for me to actually enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm very curious if you give it a second viewing and put that in mind, uh, that it's a little bit of every version of this character in history that has been around since the 90s. Uh, where, where you'll follow it and see if some of those opinions change. All right. Now, I, I will say one of the big, huge problems about this, though, is pacing. The pacing of this film is all over the fucking place. Yeah. So. Um, I, I'll give it that as well, too. And I will say that, um, on top of the pacing, there were certain plot points that I just didn't get and I didn't understand. Um, and I kind of, it's funny, funny enough, I kind of had the same reaction as the characters on screen to certain parts of the plot. Uh, one in particular is the appearance of Swamp Thing at the end of the film. Uh, you know, we see Swamp Thing emerge from the swamp and in this massive form, uh, only to say like, I, I can't do anything about this and go away. And you have Nightwing, like, seriously is the same thing. It's like, really? Like, what the hell? And yeah. I, I thought about that, too. I'm like, uh, what was the point of Swamp Thing even showing up if he couldn't do anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually hated that the first viewing. The second <laughs> one, I'm like, I love the fact that Swamp Thing's existence in this was just a gag. Uh, and it was, again, that was one of the other jokes that I didn't care for the first time on the viewing. The second one, I actually kind of laughed. And watching somebody else in the room and watch their reaction, knowing the jokes that were coming to see what my wife's response was. She actually cracked a smile and thought that was pretty funny. Like, cause it was Harley's reaction of like, that's it. You've got to be kidding me. And that was all it was. So I, I, you're right though. That, that first initial moment of that, I'm like, you, that's, that's it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, again, humor is very subjective. And yeah, first fun viewing, I'm like, wow, this was written by somebody that was like six years old. And then I'm like, oh shit, this was written by Paul Dini, the guy that created this character. And I'm like, I was like, maybe I'll give it a second viewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I didn't. It was just something that I just didn't get. And, um, you know, it, it, 
I don't know, man. I it's like it's hard for me to explain, and that's what I'm thinking is just maybe it's going to take a second viewing for me to possibly wrap my head around enjoying this film even more the, the way that you did. Um, there were just so many elements, like I said, the oversexualization of Harley, the dumbing down of Batman. I mean, the final scene in the film, and I'm not talking about the post credit scene because there is a post credit scene after this too, um, which I don't know. Did you stick around to watch that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, but the scene at the end with, um, uh, you know, with, with uh, Nightwing and Batman kissing Harley Quinn on the cheek. Is that something Batman would have done? No, but you also have to remember, and I think this is one of the, again, I hate to keep saying second viewing, second viewing, not really thinking about it until watching it then. But what I realized was this is not a Batman movie. This is a Harley Quinn movie. Uh, she is the lead character, and we're trying to follow the story through her. Batman is along for the ride. But it's uh, it made me think about it a little bit. And I don't know if anybody out there that's reading DC ever read these, but the uh, you know Harley Quinn's Black Book, um, and it's a random team up with an actual hero. But they always kind of dumb down the hero or make them a lot more strict and vicious. And Harley is the constant piece of humor and everybody else is kind of dumbed down to work in a Harley Quinn story or not even that, but they maybe will, they turn them to make her jokes hit. And when you realize that that's what they're doing the entire time here, like Batman's lines, his reactions to things are all very out of character. And then you're like, Oh, this is a Harley Quinn movie. First and foremost, not a Batman movie with Harley Quinn as the sidekick. And I think that's a problem with, I think the way that they wrote the, especially the beginning of it, because they set it up as a very serious story and then make a hard left. And you're like, oh, that's not what we're watching. And, you know, if you are somebody that is going to give this a shot for a second time, keep that in mind. After watching it as a whole, remember how hard that left turn is. And then be like, this is not a Batman story. This is purely a Harley Quinn story. And that's the only person you should be focused on. Batman and Nightwing are there along for the ride and to help hit her jokes home. And that's it. So, okay. Again, I think it's just something that upon second viewing, I might enjoy a little bit better, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just got to take the time to, to do that and, and take that second viewing. I will say do it sooner than later, because this is a movie that is going to be in your, in your head and then out of your head pretty much fairly quickly. Uh, unless you really despise it, and it's going to stick around for a very long time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't want to definitely say though. I, I think that this is a. Actually, I would probably. I'll be honest. Let's. I'm going to kick my score down a little bit and actually drop this down to a six. I think it's not quite down the middle of the road. There's more good than there is bad. And actually, you know, the funny thing is we haven't even talked about any of the good <laughs> at this point. Um, well, I mean, I did bring up the animation. I do think the yeah, animation yeah. is pretty solid. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the other good points, I think, about this, uh, I will say, is as much as there were parts of the Harley Quinn character I did not like going into this, uh, I honestly was skeptical about it. But I think Melissa Rauch uh, voicing the character was actually pretty well done. Yeah, I, I really hated the original trailer. And I guess they went maybe back and recut some of the audio. I really liked her. I really, really liked her. I did too. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, you could tell, uh, just by the inflections that she was giving and the way she was voicing the character, she wanted to stay true to the character and she wanted to do her best. And I think, uh, that definitely came across. And I actually enjoyed her voicing of the character. Yeah. That was a nice little blend of the old Arlene Sorkin voice, a little bit of the Tara Strong and a little bit of Margot Robbie. It's, 
you got a nice kind of blend of, of the three, and she made made the character kind of her own, but kind of did a really great job of staying true to it. So I was I was happy to see that too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, uh, no, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, go ahead. Uh, one of the scenes, and I think one of the things that probably is responsible for at least two points of the towards the positive for my score, it happens to be a specific scene when they arrive in Bloodhaven to a little bar. Uh, and the reason why the scene was great, even though it went on, and I will absolutely admit, went on far too long with two songs. Um, but what was awesome about that sequence, especially if you love Batman the Animated Series, was every single henchman in that bar was a character from Batman the Animated Series. They were all the throwaway henchmen we've seen from the entirety of that series, including some that shouldn't even be around anymore. There was the giant, like, Captain Clown who was a robot that we saw at one point on uh, one of the episodes with the Joker. But you saw, like, you know, the three Stooges characters in there. You saw one of, you know, Mr. Freeze's, uh, you know, like, femme fatales that is wearing, you know, the the parka. Uh, But they had fun with it. Like, they got a chance to put all of these little throwbacks and some deep cuts in there, too, especially if you're a big fan. But it was hard, even as long as that scene went on. Every time I was like, well, the song may be playing out too long, but... Man, it's really awesome that they threw this one random character in here. That's something that I never thought we'd see on screen again. And every time I saw that dude, I just was smiling like a fucking idiot. So, um, and Rob Paulson singing. So, hey, you know, <laughs> uh, for those of you that didn't know, the, the two face henchmen, the twins, uh, is actually that is the voice of, uh, Yakko Warner. Oh, I didn't, um, I didn't know that either. <laughs> that's, that's Rob Paulson. That's actually somebody that's helped us out with Extra Life a couple years ago. Yes, he, so. yes, he has. So uh, hearing him, hearing him in there and having a little small role in this, and uh, was it just made me smile. And he actually appears throughout as random characters, but uh, it was kind of fun that they did that. So, uh, and a nice little throwback too to Harley singing to that infamous episode that everybody loves so so dearly about her character was the episode Harley Quinnade when her and Batman team up in the original animated series. So, um, oh, there was a lot of throwbacks to this, but more definitely adult nature in this one. But, um. You know, if you're hoping for a Harley Quinnade Part 2, this is definitely not it. <laughs> um, but if you do like the Pomiati Connor books out there, I think you'll actually really like this. So, Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, there were parts about that scene that uh, I did enjoy. And uh, now I enjoy it even more knowing now that that was Rob Paulson singing that song. Because um, what was the song they sang? It was... Um... Oh, God. I can't remember. What it yeah, was. I, I, it is a classic song, but I don't remember the exact uh, the exact title of it. But. Yeah, I don't remember either. I know Harley sings "Hanging on the Telephone," um, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what the what the song the other two henchmen were singing. So, ah, that's all right. Uh, now, the last question for you: Was there any notable lines or jokes in this that actually were memorable for you? Like a your memorable line from this one at all? Um. Not off the top of my head. Like I said, really, the only, the one part that really made me chuckle, I think, the most was the interaction between Nightwing and Batman when Booster was on the phone. Um, that part, I think, more than anything else, probably made me chuckle. Uh, but other than that, there really wasn't a lot. There's nothing memorable I can think of off the top of my head right now that kind of stands out. Uh, I, there is one for me between Ivy and Harley at the end. Uh, when they're actually fighting and it's kind of they're talking about how how do you save the planet? Harley's response to Ivy was had me like rolling on the floor laughing was, I don't know, vote de- Democrat, joy, give money to Greenpeace. And Ivy's <laughs> response was that's for whales. 
That's to save the whales, you idiot, you know? <laughs> All right, that line was pretty funny. I do remember and that. It was just the exchange and the way that, that it played out. It, I, I, I had a hard time not like laughing my ass off about that. And I thought that was actually pretty damn amusing. But there's a couple of little ones like that. Um, especially, you know, I, it was great to see them do an animated version of, the, of uh, Jason Woodruff, the Floronic Man. I'm like, that was felt like such a deep cut. But I thought it was cool to see him thrown in there, played by Kevin Michael Richardson, who is done a ton of characters for uh different versions of batman uh he was the joker in the animated film uh animated series the batman which was that more tech heavy version of the character he was the dreaded joker um so it was cool to see him play a uh, play a role here it was great to see lauren lester back in there playing nightwing again because it's been a long time since i feel like we've heard him in an animated film uh so it was really cool to see him especially back in there with conroy so uh that was a uh, that was a big huge thumbs up for me too so yeah um, looking ahead, I think the next animated film that we're going to get is, I think is the next Batman with Adam West, is it not? I'm pretty sure that is indeed the one. Uh, with, uh, with Two-Face and which will actually be the final, final work of Batman that Adam West, uh, has ever done. So, uh, it's, it's going to be a goodbye from Adam West finally that we're, you know, it'll be the last piece of work that we'll ever hear from him as as far as the Batman character goes. Yeah. Um, have you ever gone back and watched the episode of um Oh my god, I can't even about Powerless with Adam West? I haven't, actually. I, I haven't either. Um and you'd think I would have after Adam West passed away, but I, I have not gone back and I have not watched that yet. As much as I love Adam West, I also really loathe Powerless. So it's a really <laughs> hard it's a hard call. It's a very hard call to make. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think we do owe it to to the listeners to go and, and watch that episode as the final episode that we didn't get a chance to review. So. Yeah. Um, anything else about Batman and Harley that kind of stands out to you that uh, you would want to discuss before we moved on to, to something else? No, I, I really think – I think we've said everything we can. Like I said, there's a lot of negatives, but there's some really fun positives. And I, I Like I said, I, I think it's one of those films – give it a shot. Give it two viewings. It's not that long. Even if it's a background thing while you're folding laundry, doing whatever, having dinner. Just give it a second chance to see what you think. It's not perfect. It's definitely not in the caliber of the last last few films that they've done at all. Um, but if you do like these characters, uh, go, in, uh, go in with a very open mind and uh, see what you think. And worst case scenario, put it on mute for some horrible dialogue at times, but... You get to watch the animated series visuals again and see that amazing Batmobile. Um, and that always makes me happy. So I will say I did watch two other films this weekend. This is totally off the topic of anything DC. Um, that I actually enjoyed more than Batman and Harley Quinn. Um, totally off the topic, but one of them I'm bringing up because I know it will piss you off. Um, I watched and actually thoroughly enjoyed the latest Fast and Furious film, Fate of the Furious. I am um, I'm too far gone. In that series. <laughs> there, there, there's no saving it for me. Um, I think the closest I will ever get to it is maybe play the new Need for Speed game that looks like a Fast and Furious, you know, video game, but it looks actually fun. Um, so, <laughs> look, if you go into the movies knowing that they're nothing but popcorn movies, they're they're a lot of fun movies. I thought there was a lot of fun, but the other movie that I did watch yesterday, and I'm only bringing this up because one of the characters that's in it will be playing in a future DC film. Um, that was actually a lot better and funnier than I thought it would be. I watched Baywatch. 
Really? And it was actually, and I bring it up because of The Rock. The Rock's going to be playing Black Adam in a, in a future iteration of a DC film. Um, I thought it looked dumb by the trailers. Um, but believe it or not, within the first 10, 15 minutes, I was already laughing. It was actually a lot of fun. All right. I, I saw it. I saw it up on the server and I was like, you know what? I'm morbidly curious to watch this. And I'm like, I just didn't start it though. I've been on this massive full lust kick. And been rewatching all of that recently, so. <laughs> I, uh, you, uh, you too, huh? Cause I just, I was watching a majority of season one today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of Teller Fool Us. I have to add seasons two and three up there eventually, but uh, I got season one up there, so I've been watching season one of Fool Us. Um, I've been going through, what was I just recently? I've been, I, I restarted Psych. So I'm uh, over- I've been thinking about that one too. What with the I movie? Never, I never finished like I never finished the final season. Neither so. did I, and I was like, you know what? Rather than just going to the final season, I'm just going to start it from the beginning, especially because of the movie coming out in December. So um, I restarted. Like I'm about 11 episodes into the first season, and the, the seasons are while they're full, you know, 45, 48 minute long episodes. There's only like I think like 13 to 15 in a season, so they're not full seasons. Um, so th- you can get through them relatively quicker than you could anything else. Um, but, okay. but yeah, I, I restarted it and I'll tell you, man, I forgot how damn funny that show is. That show, man, has me laughing every episode I watch at least, at least two or three times an episode. Nice. So. Yeah. I really kind of want to get back to it, especially after, uh, after the getting back in shape video that they did for the film. <laughs> When you showed that to me, and I'm like, I really need to get back to that. I really have to. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. But, so, um, yeah, while we're on the topic of uh, things that are not DC canon, um, let's talk about the other thing we were going to talk about. Let's um, let's break away from format for a couple minutes, and um, we're going to talk Game of Thrones. Yeah, if you're not current, and that means current as of the episode 6 that airs on 820, which is... We're recording this about seven hours before it airs. Uh, yeah, it's um, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I was saying before, just a, a little bit of a lead up as to how we got to see the episode. If you've been living under a rock, uh, episode four of Game of Thrones, uh, HBO was hacked, and these hackers did leak episode four. Uh, the episode was up online immediately. There were a number of people who watched it who said, "Okay, this is an amazing episode. You need to watch it." When it comes to Game of Thrones, I'm a purist. I need to watch Game of Thrones because of how beautifully shot that show is. I need to watch it in HD. Um, the copy that was hacked and put online was a screener. So it was standard definition. Therefore, I did not, I fought every urge I had to watch it. Um, and I, and I did not download it. I waited until Sunday night and I watched it like everybody else. And the episode was amazing. Fast forward to this past week and HBO has there's a news briefing out that HBO accidentally leaked uh, episode six, which is the episode that will be airing tonight uh, or yesterday by the time you're hearing this. Now, the accidental leak is that their their servers, HBO Go and HBO Now overseas, uh, accidentally released it on their their applications. And before it was caught and taken down, people had captured it already. People had already watched the episode. They had already captured it and... Therefore, once it's captured, that's all it takes is, and now it's online. I took the same view with this that I did the other one in that it was probably just a screener. I was not going to watch it until it aired. And then I started seeing people's reactions 
to this episode. And the reactions were even bigger than episode four, the last one that was leaked. So I I still fought the urge because even you said you were going to watch it. And then I fought the urge and I happened to go online to see what else was out there that I could add to my server. And I noticed that there was a 1080p version of this episode six Game of Thrones. So I was like, you know what? I know Rob wants to watch it. I'll download it. I'll throw it on the server. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it on there for you. And then you, you asshole, text me your reaction to the episode. Well, it's actually even funnier because even before <laughs> that happened, before as you were messaging me to say, hey, it's up on our Plex. As the same time you wrote that, I was like, I just had the episode spoiled for me from some idiot online. <laughs> and you're like. Oh. <laughs> that's, and I was that's just right. like, how, how funny is it that we were thinking about it at the exact same time? That's right. So you, I think you watched it, did you not? I did. Yeah. Actually, immediately after you posted, I looked at my wife and said, "We are watching this now," <laughs> uh, because I was really afraid she was going to have it spoiled. And after finding out, and it actually, I will say this: the spoiler I received was not the big moment, and I was really happy about that because when it did play out, I immediately texted you and was like. Oh, dear God, and holy fuck, and uh, you were like, damn it, I gotta watch this now. I did. And, and the episode is an hour and six minutes long, <laughs> and I texted you. And an and hour like, and start- seven minutes. <laughs> from finishing it, because I kept looking at my phone, I'm like, wait for it, wait for it, and I'm like, so what'd you think? <laughs> so- <laughs> Literally, no, no kidding, and it was the funniest thing, because my mother was actually over here visiting me at that time, because every once in a while we'll get together and just do takeout and hang out, and we, we both watched Suits on USA, and it was on Wednesday night, and Suits was on, so we had just watched it, and I was getting the text messages from you, and I'm like, alright mom, I know you don't watch it, I have to watch Game of Thrones, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to suffer through it, um, and so I texted you. I said I was going to start it. I watched all hour and like six minutes of it. And then in an hour and seven, I got the text from you. And you were like, so? And I busted out laughing. And my mom asked me, she's like, what's so funny? And I was like, and I showed, I told her that you text me an hour and seven minutes later. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, I figured you had timed it until I the did. point I was done. And, and the funny thing is, it wasn't not, it wasn't just me. Uh, as you were doing that, uh, about three minutes before you started, uh, Chris Maddox has been on the show. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, now fiance, I was also a very close friend of both Ben, myself, and my wife, um, was also watching it. So my wife was messaging her on Facebook as things were happening as well. And, and they, they were, were wa- they were also forth. watching on my server too. Yep. So <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny how we were all just back and forth and just, enjoying just waiting for each other's reactions but i <laughs> yes. guess because it's now time to get into it let's talk about the episode uh we'll we won't go too long on this uh you know obviously it's not our normal thing but it's I, worth bringing up it's definitely worth bringing up because tonight i i think the thing i'm most excited for than anything from the last couple of days and i've had a fun weekend it's 10 o'clock tonight just being on facebook i just Watching. Oh, watching social, social media is going to go crazy at 10.07 tonight. Yes. Um, so I, I, before we do that, I want to say real quick, I want to, I want to read for you word for word my exact Facebook post after watching the episode. And that was just caved and watched the leaked Game of Thrones episode early without spoilers, dot, dot, dot. Holy shit. 
holy shit, holy shit, and in capital letters, holy fucking shit. And that holy fucking shit really was reserved for that last two minutes. Because yeah, that last two minutes is a fucking game changer. Uh, yeah, everything. Uh, you know what? Honestly, the best way I can put this episode for those of you that are not following Game of Thrones or are listening to this before watching it, um, obviously turn it off now because we haven't spoiled anything yet, um, which we're going to do in probably under a minute from now. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I will say out of every episode that has happened in this series, there has not been a game changing moment this massive since the Red Wedding. And I think that is not even close to being a lie. Um, I've seen people joking around calling this the white wedding. Um, that's just, you know, and I'm like, yep, yep, I can see that. <laughs> so, because uh, uh, you think a lot of people are about to die in this episode. And then they do something that you don't anticipate and something absolutely worse happens. Yeah. And you're like, shit. <laughs> so. And it really, it's, it's funny because, I mean, this whole episode is really... Um, it's it, it's really and I've heard it called this online too, and it really does fit. This is the Suicide Squad of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, yeah. it really is. This is a group of characters that you, when this show first started, you would have never thought would have teamed up to do something like this. Um, these are characters from all different storylines that have been throughout this story that have finally come together, and they're going on a mission together. Um, you know, and it's, it's a suicide mission at that. There are people that do not make it through it. Luckily, no major human characters, uh, fall prey. And I'm very slim. I'm very choosy about those words. Uh, cause that, that was a moment that really, I was really bummed about that particular thing. Um, you know, but like, it's one of those moments that like, it's, I really don't even know how to describe it because it's, it's brutal and it's it's amazing at the same time. Um, and this is one of those episodes that I'm usually relatively silent because I, I watch things by myself at home and I uh, I'm I'm usually relatively silent. Something has to be really good for me to vocally out loud have a reaction to something. Um, this episode, whether my mother was here or not, I would have verbally had reactions to. Yeah. Um, you know, the moment in particular with the ice being frozen and, uh, you know, being broken and all of the zombies and the White Walkers surrounding, you know, Jon Snow and these characters and then the hound throwing rocks at the one zombie and the rock falling short and bouncing and sliding to the foot of the zombie. I think I literally verbally said, oh, you fucking idiot. And it was just I love that moment where you're like, not only was it that, but it was just that idea that. Oh, guess what? It's cold enough that everything refroze, and <laughs> yeah. they can make it across and tear you all apart. But I mean, like, I, I, I apologize because I go you know, to the, everybody out there, but there's two characters' names in the mix that are there. I can never remember their names. Uh, it was the head of the wildlings, uh, who's I love his character. He's the you know that's been with John for quite some time now, and he's and, actually he's actually a villain in the fate of the furious. Yeah. Um, and one of the other, you know, one of the other characters is the, one of the heads of the Lords of Light. Um, and the one that specifically that's been brought back to life multiple times. And the fact that we have the two of them, the Hound, Jon Snow, and Jorah. And these are all characters you like for different reasons. And you, when you think you're about to lose even two of the five, you're, you are on edge nonstop. And you're like, there is no way out of this. 
somebody is not making out of this situation and we're getting close to the end. And I'm like, I don't want to see any of these characters die. Uh, and like, it was a very tense sequence. And then out of nowhere, and we're just going to get into it now because we've been skating around it for so long. Um, Daenerys comes in and saves the day. Uh, she has all three dragons with her as they take out legions upon legions upon legions of White Walkers. And you are just cheering and excited. And then the unthinkable happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, it's something I had feared was probably going to happen at some point, but I didn't I, want it to happen. Well, I didn't expect it to happen like this. Uh, and that's what threw everything off in this situation. Was the Night King taking a javelin and taking down one of Danny's dragons in a single strike. And the moment that it happens, like, you just mentally fall to pieces. And I was just like, I shouldn't be this attached. Um, and the fact that one of the dragons is gone now at this point was like, wow, uh, I, I don't know what's going to come from the rest of this. And then momently, uh, like a moment after it happens, you're like, oh, fuck. I know exactly what's about to happen. And when it happens at the very end of the episode. Well, no, but that's the thing. I didn't even think about that until the end of the episode. Oh, really? No, that was something I, 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 I was too, I was too actually distraught, believe it or not, over the fact that one of the dragons was gone. And, you know, and she, and it, well, not only that, but you're kind of distracted because at the same time that, you might have been thinking about this and Danny is there saving the day and she's saving all the others. Jon Snow is being pulled under the water. You know, so you're kind of distracted by, oh shit, a dragon just went down. Oh shit, Jon Snow might die again. Um, it kind of takes you away from, from the dragon having just died. So I didn't think about that. And to be completely honest, that was something that never crossed my mind throughout the run of this entire show. Yeah. Was that I, I possibly never happening? Yeah, I never thought about the possibility of the very mo final moments of this episode. But you, uh, but you get to that final moment, and you know it goes back to you know when the episode finally airs. You see like the the touching moments between John and Daenerys, and Daenerys now finally having seen for herself, you know the the king and the White Walkers and the zombies. She's on board. Like this is like this is it. Like we're we're in this together now because I now know. You're not lying to me. Like this is it, and, and Jon Snow leading, like you know, like you know, basically saying, "He, I'll bend the knee, and you're my queen at this point." Yeah, like we have to do this together. And thank you for saving me. Like you actually earned this. You know, all these moments, all these major moments, and then when it ends, it's just a gut punch. And I mean, an absolute gut punch. Well, as we head back yeah, to the ice because you see, it goes back to the ice and. It's at that point that I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, why are we back here? And then you see the chains and the chains pulling something out of the water. And before you even see what it is that's coming out of the water, I, again, had a verbal moment where I was like, holy fuck. What the? I'm like, no fucking way. And then they pulled the dragon out of the water. The king touches the dragon, and we now have a frost dragon. Yeah, we we have a dead, <laughs> you know, white. We have a white frost dragon. Yeah, and it's just, oh, god damn. <laughs> and <laughs> when you realize that it takes dragon glass 
and how hard the White Walkers are to kill already in human form. Just imagine the difficulty in killing a dragon. A White Walker dragon. A White it was Walker terrifying. dragon. But this is also like seeing the Night King just place his hands on this thing and just you all you're just like, we're gonna see a blue eye in about five, four oh, <laughs> there it is. You know. And the moment that it happens, you're you're just stunned. And I I'm kind of sad that we saw it so early because now we have to wait another week uh for this final episode. <laughs> and the fact that we're now seven episodes from the end of this series and knowing how hard of a punch that they threw in this episode, I'm terrified to see what punch they're going to pull in episode seven well a friend of mine who is a huge game of thrones fan and i was actually with him on thursday night we went to go see the um the riff tracks live of the five doctors doctor who film uh which was a blast but i kind of teased him i said you know i said game of thrones is up it's on my server you know you want to watch it he's like nope i don't he's like but he's like let me just ask you this he's like previous seasons have pretty much you know been 10 episodes and episode 9 has always been that huge gut punch episode it was the red wedding was that episode in that season you know and it's uh, it's such is this the equivalent even though this is only episode 6 is this the episode nine equivalent of this season? And unequivocally, yes, this is the episode nine of this season. It is the penultimate episode before the season finale. That is always that gut punch. This is it. Yeah, and I will say, I, I don't know where you stand. Season seven has been one of the greatest seasons of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. It has not been one of the best seasons of Game of Thrones. It has been the best season of Game of Thrones. Every episode in its own way, maybe not action-wise uh, or, you know, battle-wise, whatever. Every episode in its own way, whether it be the story or the action or whatever, has gotten better and better and better this season. And if that's the case, my God, I hope they do not disappoint in the finale. They, I don't think they can because you you have all these things coming together now that have to be brought to a finale in six episodes next season. I don't think you can skimp on the season finale this year. Yeah. I think you've got to go big and you've got to leave, you have to leave those people being seriously. I have to wait almost an entire year now short of six weeks for this final season. And you know what though, the moment that it plays, I think regardless it's going to be hard to, to make people disappointed because ultimately they've proved, as just as you said, they know how to do this and they know how to do it incredibly, incredibly well. Even if they are well past where the books are, any of the things, it just doesn't matter because I think we're all so invested in these characters as a whole now. It just doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Now, I want to bring up something to you about Game of Thrones that I've been predicting for a while, and I think you've kind of had the same prediction, too. And I think we've been seeing it more and more lately, even though now, unfortunately, it, it's not going to be the case. Um, it kind of changed it. There's always been that ongoing theory that there are three dragon riders. Uh, we know for certain that Danny is one. It's been hypothesized, and I've been saying it, too, that the other two are Jon Snow, which I think has been coming closer to the point, um, especially at the beginning of this week's episode with him, um, you know, actually putting his hands on a dragon, like letting the dragon touch him. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but it was also theorized that, that Tyrion was one as well. Uh, now that there are only two dragons, 
I don't really think it matters who the third one is. Well, we know who the third one is. The Night King. <laughs> so, Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, well, there's your third Dragon Rider. Yeah. Uh, because now it's Dragon versus Dragon in the finale. And how awesome is that going to be to watch? That's going to be pretty awesome. So... Yeah, so an amazing episode, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be watching it again with everybody else tonight, even though I already know what happens. Yeah, yeah. What time does it air? It starts at 9 p.m. normally. 9, 9 p.m., yep. Yeah, I, I think I just want to start it exactly at that time, again, just to make sure that the moment is over, or at 10.06, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone and just immediately go to... Social media. To social media <laughs> and just watch. And just watch the reactions, yep. So... Uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. It will but be. Yeah, you know, it was I know we barely even talked about the rest of the amazing things that happened in the episode, like Arya and Sansa's back and forth, which was terrifying, uh, but really intriguing because you just don't know what either of the two of them are playing at at this point. Yeah, because um, that was just fucking awesome, too. And I apologize because we are cursing, uh, cursing up a storm and it's all because of what happened, but it's hard not to. Yeah. Um, so I apologize if we are turning anybody off because I know we normally don't do this nearly this much. Um, but yeah, it was, um, <laughs> this was something just truly amazing and one of the greatest hours of TV I can ever remember. Absolutely. So, uh, uh we apologize if, if anybody got distracted by the fact that we broke format, but DC technically in this case stood for Daenerys and Cersei. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Daenerys, Daenerys uh, hates Cersei. It's going to be a fun new sitcom coming to Fox next season. That's only going to get six episodes, <laughs> no, but then was, it's going to get canceled. I was going to say, I don't want it to go to Fox because it's going to get canceled. Well, I said it. After six episodes, it's got to get canceled. They're only going to air four of them. And then like, well, <laughs> this is, the audience wasn't there. You know, they, they they think that the whole odd couple take with these guys is just overdone and overplayed. And Well, they'll, you know. Yeah. They'll film six, they'll air four, and they'll all be out of order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Firefly much? Put it, then you try to put it on your Plex, and then you have to download a special patch <laughs> on Plex to make sure the episode titles go the way that they're supposed to. And it's just, ah, it's just too much work. <laughs> uh, I know. So, uh, but let's get ready to get out of here a little bit. We got it. We still have a couple more things to do. I know you've got to get going very shortly. So let's, yeah. uh, let's hit the news. There's not a lot. Uh, no, they're, but they're let's very touch, small stories. Let's yeah. touch base on that. Okay. So, um, we know a couple of little things that are happening. We're just going to kick through TV and again. I, when I stress that small things are happening, it is small things happening. Uh, we do now know exactly when Deathstroke will be coming back into the picture for season six of Arrow. And that title is aptly titled Deathstroke's Return. Yeah. Who, who would have thought it? <laughs> so, uh, I believe that is episode five. Give me one second. My page that has all this up just crashed. So fun, fun. Um, <laughs> And then we also know you have uh, – there's casting for Richard Dragon now, too, for Arrow as well. Uh, I believe you have that info, don't you? I do. Uh, Arrow has found its Richard Dragon. Uh, Deadline is reporting that Fringe's Kirk Ace Vido, uh will be joining the cast as Richard Diaz, uh, also known as Richard Dragon, uh, who is a member of the Longbow Hunters and Vigilante. So not the Vigilante. He is a Vigilante. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who uh, – how he's going to incorporate into the story. Um, uh, but according to Deadline, Arrow versus version of Richard Dragon is a hardened ex-con recently released from prison for crimes he didn't commit. Uh, uh, Ricardo Diaz is bent on taking over Star City's criminal underworld. A master in hand-to-hand combat honed by years of life on the street, Diaz has yet to meet a foe he can't take down. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting because we also know that Michael Emerson is in the cast. Uh, David Nichols is going to be in the cast as well. Uh, who'll be making, uh, his return as Anatoly. So, uh, shaping up to be a pretty good season. Yeah. Um, so that episode, if, or Deathstroke's return is episode five of the season. So, 
Uh, but moving over into Legends of Tomorrow, which uh, there's another episode coming up that it sounds like it's going to in- make both myself and Ben incredibly happy. And that is an episode simply titled Phone Home, which we know is episode four of season three. We did see a nice little tease uh, from Brandon Routh on social media just a couple days ago of him stepping inside of a DeLorean. Uh, and they did say there's going to be some other uh, like nice little touches to uh, – both Back to the Future and a lot of Spielberg stuff. So, uh, But we do know that in, in this episode specifically, we are going to be spending some time with uh, Ray Palmer's mother. So, uh, Yeah, Ray Palmer's mother, who has also actually already been cast to uh, Jessica Jones actress Susie Abramit is going to be uh, playing the role of Ray's mom. Very cool. So, yeah. Um, now, like I said, there's another article out there about Legends that came out this past week that's actually fairly hefty. Um, now, it's kind of hard to kind of sum this up, but it gives us a little bit of an idea of some of the things we are going to be seeing this year. So we do know we are going to see them head back to, the, you know, head to the future. I almost said back to the future, but I guess that kind <laughs> of is kind of, uh, you know, actually accurate for this. But we do know we're going to spend some time there. But in addition to that, there's something that sounds kind of fun. But it sounds like they're going to go back to 1800s England, and it's going to be a little bit of a Victorian Bram Stoker's Dracula-style episode that they're going to do. So that does sound like it'll be quite a bit of fun. But we do know this season is going to have a very heavy focus on magic, uh, which I think is a kind of a cool take because we haven't seen too, too much of that yet here. Uh, we've, you know, The show's always had a nice fo- heavy focus on sci-fi more than anything else, but it sounds like they're going to play around with that idea in some of the format. Uh, but we do know Damien Dark is coming back into the mix, and they did say this specifically. In Season 2, Hunter was manipulated by the Legion of Doom, and while the Legion isn't coming back, one of the members has a very, very important role to play in antagonizing the Legends this season. The colonel that we're going to begin with for da- is for Damien Dark. We've come up with a way that he can come into our show, and he's kind of glib and a lighter version of him, uh, where he was kind of a glib, lighter version of himself last season. We want to give him some really serious hardcore teeth and the sinister presence. And we want to slowly build out his actual new dark alliance that he will be creating during this season as well. So it sounds like a drastically more severe, vicious kind of style version of the character by a lot less wisecracking. So probably going back to a little bit of how he was an arrow, but. Uh, I'm very curious to see which direction Neil McDonough is going to take this character this season. So. Yeah. Um, and then we also do know, like I said, they did mention we're going to see Whitworth Miller back in the season as well. He's not a regular, but they did say uh, we are going to definitely make the most of the appearances he will indeed make this season. So. All right. So let's head over into The Flash. And it wouldn't be a new season of The Flash if we didn't see a brand new version of Harrison Wells. Uh, something that Tom Cavanaugh has indeed teased this past week. Uh, we did say uh, he did say specifically he can't really speak too much. He's playing around with some of the things with the writers. Not even most of the cast knows exactly what he's planning on doing yet. But they did say it wouldn't be a new season without another different version for <laughs> Cavanaugh to play. And Cavanaugh said he just has so much fun doing this. That he said he absolutely has to. He says even if it's a single episode, he doesn't care. There will be a new version of Wells this season in one way, shape or form. So uh, it is something we definitely will see, but we will also see him play uh, the role of Harry as well. So uh, as far as some other things that are happening in the world of The Flash, we did see a little bit from Jesse L. Martin and him saying specifically to expect a more big, of, a more large of a push between him and Cecile and the relationship. It is going to increasingly progress this season, uh, and she is definitely going to be around for quite some time. So we will definitely see what happens. But uh 
Joe having a girlfriend, you'll see that dynamic they said between the family maybe change a little bit. But uh, now with Cecile in the mix, um, he was saying he's really, really excited to see where his character is going to go through the course of uh, season four. So uh, heading over to Supergirl really quickly, because there is only one story, but it's a story that we obviously would bring up because we're both fans of his work. But Kevin Smith is indeed returning to direct again in season three. There has been no exact word yet as far as... uh, what episode number this is going to be, but we know it's actually up. Oh, there is just a brand new update from today, actually. Uh, so perfect timing. It looks like it's the fifth episode of season three. And it doesn't look like there is a actual title number yet for the episode. So we know he's already in Vancouver and working. So my guess is they're uh, already uh, well deep into uh, recording for the episode. So very yeah. excited to see. And it's it's no surprise that he's coming back he, he his episodes are always well received so why would you not bring him back to direct again i wouldn't be surprised too if we also see him maybe spend some time on the flash again this season i'd, um, I'd love my, to see them bring him over to arrow for an episode i would really love that and i really hope that they give him an opportunity to go over at least write an episode maybe bring in onomatopoeia something like that a character that he created for arrow so uh for the comics years and years ago i mean he was especially a writer on that series in the comics world for a long time and brought that character back to light so um i really really hope maybe that this season they give him an opportunity to do so yeah uh so let's jump over into the film side of the world real quick and let's talk a little bit about wonder woman 2 which i believe we now found out it will be uh coming out in 2019 i think they were stating um, I think there's a tentative date that we talked about the other week was December 13th, which both me and Ben disagree that will actually be the date. But still, um, we do know it sounds like Patty Jenkins is in final negotiations now to helm Wonder Woman 2. And it sounds like in addition to that, she is going to be given a very hefty amount of money to come back to do so, which I think is incredibly well deserved. Um, and I really, really hope that that locks down. But I would expect we're going to see that very, very soon. But they said right now from some of the quotes from uh, the news source on comic book uh, resources, they said the deal between the two is set to be in its absolute final stages, with Jenkins set to become the highest paid female director in film history. So, But they said the final number is not revealed at this time. I'm sure it will be some time before we see this. Uh, but we did see this story initially came out of deadline. So, And you know what? She After the job that she did with Wonder Woman, it's well-deserved. I have no qualms about this at all. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm 100% there with you. All right. Now, we got to talk about a story that's a small story, but it's still worth mentioning. So for those of you that maybe said saw this earlier in the week, which we all wise bleh, can't talk, um, <laughs> which is why we didn't post it, because it sounded kind of odd. So Casey Affleck was uh, on a red carpet, I think, at some point in time this past week and made a comment when he was promoting something called Ghost Story. And he said, you know, I don't think Ben's coming back. Uh, he's not going to do the movie. He's like, I really don't think. Sorry to say. He's like, is that breaking news? Because I, you know, I, I really don't know. He's like, I'm just kind of making that up. He's like, but honestly, I really have no idea. Um, but he that came out a little bit after. But he did kind of say he's like, no, he's not playing this role anymore. Why would he? Um, obviously, Casey Affleck got in a bit of trouble for this, especially between Warner Brothers pictures. Uh, and then we also saw his reps come out and say, no, 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 no. This was it. He was joking around. Please watch the context of the article. Even BuzzFeed went back through. Casey Affleck later clarified. He's like, I'm purely was having fun with the folks at the Red Sox game where this all happened. Uh, you know, this is not me having firsthand knowledge because I generally don't know. Um, but he's like, I'm sorry I pissed off a lot of people. 
And Warner Brothers did come out in addition. He's like, no, he's still going to be Batman as long as he's willing to play Batman. And as long as it is in what we're planning on doing. So, um, but I will say, and I'm sure Ben, I don't know where you stand, but with as many things like this that keep coming out and keep happening, there's part of me more and more that's wondering, is he going away? And they're just walking around this as much as possible. I don't, I I don't know. I mean, there are so many ways to format deals now to kind of get around and hide potential spoilers uh, that, you know, it's almost impossible. Like we could see the news story where, you know, Ben signs on for three films and um, that could mean anything at this point. It doesn't necessarily mean he's doing three full films. I mean, it could be a passing of the torch kind of thing. It could be, uh, we don't know. So I'm as, as, at as much of a loss for all of this and, and as, trying to put my head around this as much as anybody else. I I really don't know at this point. I want, yeah. in my personal opinion, I want to see him keep the mantle. I want to see him keep wearing the cowl. Um, I think we will for quite some time. And I think where you're going to see that maybe change is that idea of that Batman Beyond. Um, but I want to see him stay on as an old Bruce Wayne. That's really pissy. Uh, that That's exactly what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm... If he wants to stay, I'm completely on board with him staying as long as he wants. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the next story real quick is a little bit of talk about Shazam. And that we now know is indeed the next DC film that will be going in front of the cameras. Um, But we also now know exactly the director who is going to be playing a part of this, which is David F. Sandberg. If you're a horror fan, obviously, he is the man responsible for Annabelle. Um, But he did say that uh, this script is you know, absolutely in a really amazing shape at this point, and they're ready to begin shooting soon. Obviously, casting is going on now, but he did say, you know, this character has such a long, long history and has been around since the 40s um, that it he's definitely going to pull from a little of everything for this character to make it something really, really special. And it will definitely be a lighthearted film because that is what makes the most sense for the story of Billy Batson. So I'm very excited to see what they do with this. Um, but yeah, very curious to see how this will indeed play out. So So one of the next things that we're going to talk about real quick is a tiny little bit of Justice League that we are going to get out of here. And as far as Justice League is concerned, we did see it. uh, Actually, they did finally come out and say Affleck is indeed playing a very much more traditional version of Batman. So if you were a little disappointed still with a more rage inducing uh, one from BBS, uh, they did say this film definitely is showing him into the transition of the Batman that everybody knows and loves is that this is more in keeping with the canon of how Batman's usually portrayed and how he's portrayed vis-a-vis the Justice League in the comics. Uh, this is more Batman. Uh, this is more the Batman you will find if you open up your average Batman comic book in any store. And this comes direct uh, line for line from Ben Affleck. So, um, And they did say, be, be ready as well to see a big shift in this article they mentioned as far as Superman. So... Uh, Sounds like a lot to potentially hopefully be excited for. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, that wraps us up for the news this week. And uh, Ben, do you want to talk real quick about heroes and villains? And then uh, we got a bolt. Yeah, so. let's uh, let me talk about that real quick. So uh, for those of you that don't know, or just a reminder, uh, September 16th and 17th, I believe it's the 16th and 17th uh, of September of next month. Yeah, 16th and 17th. Uh, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest will be coming to the Meadowlands up in New York, New Jersey. And I have once again been invited to come out and moderate some panels and hopefully get some more interviews like I did in Atlanta back in November. Uh, I'm very excited about it. And for the past 
last couple. I'm actually friends with a lot of the people that work at FanFest now. I'm, it's, it's not just a professional relationship anymore. It's actually a friendly relationship. So, uh, when I, I say that because a lot of the times when you make arrangements like this, you go via email back and forth, but like we've passed that point. Now we go through text message and, and stuff. So I got text, I got a text message from one of the guys at FanFest who is in charge of handling the panels and uh, putting the schedule together and getting the moderators to do it. Um, and apparently I have first crack, um, at most of the panels that I want. So, um, it's not 100% guaranteed, but it's looking really good that I will be on stage with, I'm very excited about this, uh, Katie Lotz and Brandon Routh for the Legends of Tomorrow panel. Ah, ah, if you are doing Brandon Routh, we definitely have to do something that we talked about in the past. So, which was the, the, the photo with, uh, my wife's book. <laughs> so. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're going to have to, we'll have to do that. Uh, we got plenty of time to, to figure that out. Um, there's a possibility I will once again be on stage with the, with the cast of Arrow, uh, which this time includes Josh Segura, which I'm very excited to talk to Prometheus. Um, there's a possibility I might be moderating for Ming Nguyen and Brett Dalton, who, if you remember, I was on stage with Brett Dalton, uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back in Harrisburg in May, and he was a absolute blast to be on stage with. Uh, but the one panel that it is looking very promising that I possibly may be getting this time around, very excited, one-on-one with Mr. Amell. That's fantastic. It is very promising that I will be the one who will moderate the Stephen Amell panel, which is the biggest panel of the entire weekend. Uh, there is a possibility it might turn into a twofer um, because one of the other guests, they're trying to figure out what uh, Candace Patton is also going to be at Heroes and Villains. I don't know if we're going to get the Flash panel because they're still trying to figure out if the Flash panel will be just Candace Patton or Candace Patton and Robbie Amell. Uh, but Robbie's kind of tough because he's not currently doing anything Arrowverse. Um, so I made the recommendation of actually putting him on stage with Steven since they are cousins and they are currently working on the Code 8 film. So they're going to be reaching out to Steven to see if uh, Steven wants to do a panel with Robbie, which I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, so if I do get the Steven Amell panel, it will either be me and Steven one-on-one or it will be me and Robbie. Uh, me, Robbie, and Steven, which will be just as equally awesome. That's, dude, fantastic. And because one of the other things that's happening right now is we are in hardcore early prep now for Extra Life. Uh, you've heard us talk about this in the past. If you've been around and listening to the show for some time, that is this Children's Miracle Network hospital charity that we've been doing for years. This is my fifth year captaining our team. Um, and uh, with everything that's happening at Heroes and Villains, maybe me and Ben can hash out something to give you guys a little incentive to maybe donate uh, to either me or Ben's page. And... uh we can talk about that sometime soon. So. Um, on on that note, um, I do want to bring up too. I'm actually reaching out to our friend Brian Roll, who's the artist who has given. I've got some great artwork from before too. Uh, he has mentioned in passing that he's willing to work with us to do something. So I'm going to reach out to Brian, uh, and I'm going to see if he's willing to uh, donate something to us that I can get signed at Heroes and Villains by some of these guests. Um, and what we can do is, if we do get something like that, and Brian's willing to work with us. Um, what we can do is for everybody who donates to either my page or Rob's page for Extra Life, we'll put your name in a raffle to win this piece of artwork. Yeah, so, and I will tell you this now. Actually, we're just going to say this. If you donate to us, make sure you just put in your notation DC Primetime in the special message when you donate on the Extra Life portal. Um, by the time this episode is up, if you look, I'm going to have a post that says, My recommendation for this week 
donate to the Extra Life charity in support. And I'm going to say in message, put in DC primetime to enter into a raffle. And me and Ben will make sure we have raffle stuff ready. And it, maybe it'll be a grand prize and a couple other small ones. We have a couple things we could probably give away. Just some, obviously some upcoming DVDs and such. But we will definitely do a raffle. The only way to enter that is to give to the charity. I think, I think I'm going to put this out there right now and I'm, we're just, uh, we're going to make it, we're going to make it a guarantee right now. Um, whether it's something I buy at Heroes and Villains or I get something signed through Brian, um, we're going to come up with three prizes, uh, a first, second and third prize, uh, prize. The first obviously being whatever I can get signed at Heroes and Villains. Um, you can donate to either my page or Rob's page. It doesn't matter because it all goes to the same place. So it, it you don't, you're not paying favorites if you, donate on Rob's or if you donate on mine's. Um, we, we collect collectively as a team and it all goes to the same spot. It all goes to a great cause. So it doesn't matter who's that you go with. Um, but for, I'm going to say, and Rob, tell me if you agree with this. I'm going to say for every $5 you donate to one of our pages, gets your name into a raffle. Uh, let's go, let's go. Do you want to go lower? Let's I, go I, 10. Let's go 10. Cause I think that's actually even how we do it for the, uh, actual PS station that we're part of. That's how they operate theirs too. Uh, we'll, we'll do, um, if you give 50, you get, we're going to say, we'll give you 10, 10 donation or 10, 10 raffle points. But, um, if you do for every $10, maybe what we'll do is you, you get one, but a $50 donation will give you 10. Okay. So, that works. Something kind of special. And then that way it gives you more, more opportunity, but it's also incentivizing people to give more to a really amazing cause. So. And then uh, what I'll do is once I have all the prizes together, I'll make a little YouTube video showing everybody that we have these prizes, uh, and what they are and what they can do to win them. And then maybe at Extra Life, uh, while we're doing the, the 24 hour gameathon, uh, we'll do the drawing right there at Extra Life and we'll do it on Facebook Live so our listeners can see who's winning and, and such. Yeah. So, sound like we'll, a plan? We'll do, sounds perfect. We'll, we'll have three prizes and we'll do them throughout the 24 hours. So you can just check our page and you'll find it. So you can see the drawings as they happen. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to promote the hell out of this. Um, so I'm just going to say right now, our recommendations for this week, as you just mentioned, donate to our Extra Life page. Uh, donate to one of them. They'll both be posted on the Facebook page by the time that you're hearing this. Uh, DC, uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, and once I have all the prizes hashed out, I will be sure to share them on the Facebook page as well. Uh, but let's do some cheap plugs and then we'll get out of here because uh, we have stuff to do and we want to let you guys get back to your day. Uh, but you can hear me on the Showcast Spotlight uh, also here on the Next Level Podcast Network in which my next upcoming interview will be an interview one-on-one with Ben Bailey, former former and current cast uh, future host of Cash Cab, uh, which is going to be coming up this week. Uh, nextlevelradioonline.com is where you can find that as well as all other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, facebook.com slash face, uh, Next Level Radio Online, and of course this Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. As for me, you can always find me also at Next Level through Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. We just put up our Harry Potter episode a couple days back. Uh, it was such a great episode. Actually, uh, I heard from one of our listeners just the other day, which they were saying they were cracking up as throughout the episode, Ben slowly realizes his house <laughs> is not what he thinks it was. And he's actually a Slytherin was in that disguise. Any, is that anybody I know? No, no, okay. no. It's actually, uh, for those of you that didn't know, I normally don't talk about uh, a lot of personal stuff, but uh, I've had some major health problems over the, the last year or two. But this is actually somebody from my support group um, that's that's helping me with some things. And uh, they, they've been listening, and they said they her and her husband <laughs> lost it as uh, as that came and played out. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I could bring some people some 
some laughter. Yeah, so uh, they, they said the entirety of the episode was absolutely one of their favorites, and they first started listening to us back with the Disney episode, but they said this, hands down, was one of the funniest things they heard in a long time. So, so That's very good. cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always a big special uh, thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, we thank him for the tunes that you get to hear in the beginning and the end of the show. And uh, as we uh, prep for some other things, uh, we want to say thanks to anybody that's also looked at uh, Board Game Bento. Uh, for those of you that have signed up, uh, we are going to probably be um, shifting into a heavy focus towards Extra Life, so you probably won't hear that anymore. But still, if you do want to do that, we'll remind you, uh, you can use the offer code uh, Next Level, And that's all one word. That'll give you $10 off your description over at BoardGameBento.com. So. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. As um, oh, next week uh, we're gonna be doing one oh, of two, yeah, one yeah. of two things. Uh, we're we're gonna be reaching out to listener Shad, uh, who won the contest a little while back to host a show. We're gonna see if he's ready to step up uh, and do that next week. If not, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Last year we did our Silver Age over the summer. This year we're gonna do our Golden Age spectacular, uh, in which we revisit some older uh, older shows, uh, some older DC properties. And this time around because it's golden age we're going way back uh to the 50s 60s and 70s of dc uh we're going to watch and review the pilot episodes of the original adventures of superman with george reeves uh the batman series with adam west and the linda carter wonder woman so i'm kind of excited to do it the more i think about it yeah i really am too i think this is going to be cool because we're insane what's even better about this is we're now going to be looking at three eras, the 1950s, 1960s, and the 1970s of DC Comics history on TV. So I think regardless if it's this coming week or the following, I think this could be one of the coolest things we've done. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one way or another, we're either going to have Shad back or we're going to do the the, um, the Golden Age next week. Um so keep an eye out for that. But as always, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. Thank you for being a part of the DC Primetime family, as well as the Next Level Podcast Network family. Uh, but until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.